Let's all stand this morning. This morning we're, we're looking at Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this time now as we get into your word and see what your word says about mothers. Um, Father, I pray this touches the hearts of all of our mothers. I pray this encourages them, this strengthens them. And for all the mothers-to-be, I pray, Lord, that you use this to build a foundation. In Jesus' name I pray, Father. Amen. 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 All right. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. Says, uh, an excellent wife who can find. Some of your versions, instead of saying excellent wife, says a virtuous wife. It says a virtuous wife. What is a virtuous wife? A virtuous wife, an excellent wife, is a, is a wife that is devoted. She's devoted and she's dependable. Devoted meaning, she, who is she devoted to? She's devoted to God, number one. God is number one in her life. Her relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ comes first. Then after her relationship with the Lord being number one, then she's devoted to her husband, number two. Third, third level of devotion is she's devoted to her children. Devoted to all three of those. That's what it means to be a devoted wife. But she's also a virtuous wife, a virtuous woman. Is dependable. She's dependable, meaning she can be counted on. She's trustworthy. She's there through thick and thin. You can rely on her. That's what a virtuous woman is. And look at, at uh, verse 10. It says, her, her worth is far above jewels. What that's saying, moms, is you are priceless. You are priceless to your husband you are priceless to your children. There, there, there's no, no price tag can be put on you. You're that amazing. No treasure can be compared to the virtuous woman. A.K.A. in, 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 in our world today, you are the bomb. Okay? You are the bomb. You, you are the best. You bring what, what makes you the bomb, what makes you the best? You bring faith to the family. You bring love to the family. You bring devotion to the family. Those are the things that make you uh, worth far above any jewel. That's how amazing you are. Let's look at your relationship. The virtuous woman's relationship with her husband. We'll see this in uh, verse 11 and 12. It says, the heart of her husband trusts in her. He will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. First thing it says there in verse 11, look at it, it says, the heart of her husband trusts in her. In other words, there's no worries. There's no worries with the husband because you are trustworthy, you are faithful, you are committed. That is the kind of wife that makes a man look great. That is the kind of wife that makes a marriage strong. That is the kind of wife that single men should pursue and find. A woman that where his heart trusts in her. And notice verse 12 here. It says in verse 12, She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Wives, moms, 
you complete us. You complete us in the journey of life. Let me tell you something, men. Your very best friend, who should it be? Should it be the guys at work? Should it be your golf buddies? Should it be your friends uh, that, you, that you go and hang out with? No. Your very best friend should be your wife. She is your partner for life. Till death do you part. She should be your very best friend. That is the type of relationship that, that, that the, um, the two becoming one flesh, becoming best friends, becoming one, that is the type of relationship that God designs for us. You complete us in the journey of life. Uh, I'll say this also about wives. I've learned this in my, and we're, we're coming up this August on 20 years, and um, there's a lot of places I get advice from, but there's one place that I've never been let down when it came to advice, and who do you think it is? My wife. My wife. Men, I'm speaking to you. Don't let your pride get in the way. Don't think you have it all together, okay? You're facing a tough situation. You're facing a challenge in life. You need some serious advice. Yeah, you can go to your pastor. He's a great place to go to. You can go to your friends. But let me tell you, one of the best places you'll get advice is from your wife. Because she loves you. She's your best friend. And she's going to speak the truth in love, whether you like it or not. One of the best places to get advice is from the wife. So one of the best places I've ever I've got, I've gotten my advice from is I go home and talk to my wife. We go behind closed doors and sit and talk. And a lot of times she'll give me some advice, and I'll be like, wow, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> because God gave it to her. But wives are amazing. Uh, there's no greater bond. There's no greater bond between a husband and a wife than this type of bond, this type of relationship where the heart, verse 11, where the heart of the husband trusts in her. There's no greater bond. But let me tell you something, though. This bond takes, this bond takes work. I know I got some newlyweds in the fellowship today. This bond doesn't come easy. It doesn't happen overnight. But it takes lots of hard work, ladies, where the heart of the husband trusts her. And vice versa, the same could be said where they trust each other. They build in that relationship. That bond takes lots of work. It takes uh, love. It takes commitment. Uh, it takes um, faithfulness. It takes faithfulness on the part of one another to build this bond. How about this one? It takes patience and forgiveness. Because let me tell you something, moms. Us, us husbands, we blow it sometimes. We blow it sometimes. Uh, amen. Okay, I got, I got an amen. But we blow it sometimes. And we need patience and forgiveness from our wives. And the same goes true the opposite way. Husbands, we got to be patient and forgiving with our wives as we grow in this bond, as we grow in this relationship together. It takes honesty. Uh, it takes communication. That's a big one. Can I get an amen? One of the worst things you can do in a marriage relationship, especially in the early years, is, is, is bottle things up and not talk. you got to communicate you got to communicate to build this bond where the hearts trust one another. And finally, you got to do what the Scripture says. Uh, well, it says all these, but th this is a very important one following, as a follower of Jesus. you got to walk in humility. you got to walk in humility. And when you walk in humility and you show that other partner that you consider them above yourself, it binds those hearts together. And the heart of the husband trusts her, and the same can be said 
of, um, of the wife, her heart, trust in him. Amen? So great bond, your, be your best friends. Uh, there should be, the, the wife is, should be one of the um, places that you get your best advice from. Let's look at the, uh, Proverbs 31, verses 1. Let's look at her worth ethic. Verse 13, 13, 14, and 15. It says, uh, she, she looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like a merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions for her maiden. Couple things here. First thing in verse 13, we see this. She is motivated. She's motivated, she's dedicated, and she's committed. She's, she gets things done. She gets things done. She sees an objective, and she says, I'm going to meet that objective. I'm going to follow through, and I'm going to do it. And then once she does it, um, it says, in her hands is delight. She finds satisfaction. She, she finds satisfaction in the things that she does. And she completes them, and she finds satisfaction. Verse 14, she's like a merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She goes wherever and does whatever it takes for her family. Can y'all relate to that? You know your moms as they raised you. You see your wives raising your children. They, they will move heaven and earth for who? Their family. They will move heaven and earth for their family. They will do whatever it takes, just like a merchant ship who brings the food from afar to, to bringing it close. So will a mom. Verse 15, she rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maiden. Basically, saying she'll go out, she'll do whatever it takes to take care of her family, and then she will take care of her home. She'll take care of her children. She'll take care of her husband. Verse 16, um, she considers a field and buys it, and from her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Interesting. Verse 16, it says, doesn't say she buys a field. It says, look at it. What does she do? She considers a field and then buys it. The Proverbs 31 virtuous woman, she's frugal. She's frugal. She's careful with her money. She invests wisely. You know, I, I think about moms. You know, they're always looking in the paper. They're looking for good deals. They're going through coupons. They're going online. Okay, is it Belks? Is it Kohl's? Let's see who's got the best price. But us, husband, us men, we don't like to do that. We just want to walk into a store, swipe the card, grab it, and go. But, but, but what do the ladies do? They shop. They shop. They're going to get the very best deal. They're going to make that money. They're going to stretch it out. They do. They do. They do. They, they make that. They're, they're smart with money. A Proverbs 31 woman, she's frugal, she's smart with money, and she stretches things out to make it last. Verse 17. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. A Proverbs 31 woman, a virtuous woman, she's not wimpy. She's not a wimp. She, she, she's uh, not a pushover. She, she's not a, a, a yes mum. She's not a yes mum to everything that's told her. Uh, a Proverbs 31, a virtuous, this virtuous woman, this godly woman, she, uh, she has her own identity in who she is. Kim is who she is. Barbara is who she is. Uh, Lishu is who she is. You, you have your own identity 
as a godly woman. You have your own identity. You don't find your identity in other people, but you find your identity in who Christ has made you. That is a virtuous woman. Verse 18, she senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out, verse 19, she stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hands, her hand to the poor, and she stretches out her hands to the needy. What's it saying there in verse 20? It's saying this. It's saying that this, this virtuous woman, she has a big heart. She has a big heart. And she's compassionate toward those who need compassion. She sees people in need, and she wants to help. And she leads other people in helping. That's a virtuous woman. She extends her hand to the poor and stretches out her hands to the knee. She helps other people who need help. Verse 21. Verse 21 is a very interesting verse. It says, um, She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Now, as I read this verse, I spent a lot of time on this this verse, looking at this verse this week. And what I see in it is the virtuous woman, the virtuous mother, she is a planner. She is a planner, and she takes care of her family. But I kept studying this verse, and I went out and read some different things different people said. How many of you guys ever heard of H.A. Ironside? H.A. Ironside, he was uh, the pastor of Moody Moody Church in Chicago at the turn of the 19th century. He's, he's since passed away. But he was known as the Archbishop of Fundamentalism. And what H.A. Uh, what, what Ironside did, because he was such a fundamentalist, he tried, he looked for the gospel in every single chapter of the Bible. He was, he was always looking for traces and threads of the gospel. And when he taught on this passage almost 100 years ago, verses 21 and 22, he used it to teach, yes, not only does a mother uh, take care of her family, family's well-being and their clothing, but all, and, and takes care of, uh, they're clothed with scarlet, she makes coverings of herself, her clothing is fine linen and purple planner. So not only is she a planner and she takes care of clothing her children, but she also takes care of them spiritually. The mothers, he, he taught, H.A. Ironside said, the mothers have a responsibility in, in nurturing their, their, her children's spiritual life. It says, uh, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. That word scarlet there, the Hebrew word, is the same word that we get um, crimson. And he taught, H.A. Ironside said, when he was teaching this to his church 100 years ago, said, mothers, you have a responsibility to teach your children about Christ. And the forgiveness that's found at the cross is so, so vitally important. And H.A. Ironside went on to say, concerning verse 22, he says, she makes covering for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. That fine linen and purple is a picture of, he saw when he looked at the fine linen, a picture of the bride of Christ. In the purple, a picture of the bride of Christ and righteousness. Now, I believe as Solomon is writing this, he's talking about the mother taking care of her physical well-being, okay? But I think H.A. Ironside makes a very important point, which is moms, don't underestimate the influence you have 
with your children when it comes to spiritual matters. Now, I know many of you have raised your children to know the Lord. They know that the forgiveness is in the cross, and, and, and you've taught them the ways of the Lord. And what do we do then? We have to walk by faith. Sometimes our children, they'll leave the house. They'll stray. They'll go to the left. They'll go to the right. They won't follow the straight and narrow. But at that point, we've done our job. Lord, I've raised them. I've shown them your ways, and I walk up by faith. The Bible says, train up a child the way she goes. And when he or she gets older, they will not depart from it. But I, I agree with him that it's very important. You know, and dads, we're, we're talking about moms this morning and the importance of them uh, raising their children and, and teaching them spiritual truths about who God is. Um, it's, it's not only is it mom's responsibility, but it's also our responsibility as, as well. I'll tell you a story um, concerning what H.A. Ironside was saying. I've told many of y'all my, uh, my testimony, how I got saved in 1992, but I didn't tell you about my pre-conversion story. I was in the Navy. I was getting ready for deployment um, from out of Norfolk, and I came home for the weekend to see mom and dad, and my grandma Baker, uh, she said, David, you got to come to church with me on Sunday. I'm like, Grandma, you know, and, and I, I'd made some plans for Sunday night to go out with my friends right here in Irmo. And, um, but anyway, she talked me into coming down to Augusta, Georgia. And I believe this is the night that the prayers went up and the Holy Spirit began, started working on my heart. Anyway, I went down to Augusta, spent the afternoon with her, went to church with her Sunday morning. And I was like, okay, Grandma, I got to go. I got to go. I got some friends I want to hang out with on Sunday night. She said, no, David. I need you to go to church with me on Sunday night. I said, but Grandma, I got to go. But, you know, you can't tell Grandma no. Just like you can't tell Mom no. Well, anyway, she takes me to uh, Sunday night church. She takes me to Crawford Avenue. <laughs> Crawford Avenue, Church of God in Augusta, Georgia. And I go and I sit through with the service. And all I could think about was getting back to Irmo and hanging out with my friends and doing things we had no business that we should be doing. It's kind of like the last hoorah before you go on deployment. And um, so I sat through church, and the preacher said, amen. And I said, okay, Grandma, I love you. She said, no, David, you're getting ready to go on deployment. I want you to go to the altar. I want you to go to the altar. So she took me by the hand, took me down to the altar. And, and uh, I, I wasn't churched at all, didn't know a whole lot about church, didn't remember a whole lot. Anyway, she took me down to the altar. And all I remember was all these hands. I must have about 30 hands on me. And they were laying hands on me, and they were praying for me. And he was praying for my salvation. By the end of that prayer, I was shaking like a leaf. I was like, I, thought, I, I, could, I could feel the flames of hell coming up because I knew I wasn't living a right life. But anyway, she, she had them lay hands on me. She, they prayed for me. And as soon as he said amen, I bolted out the door came back up here to Irmo, and went about my business. But I'll never forget what that preacher said. I left for deployment. Um, I, I left for a six-month deployment on the USS Concord. We pulled into Naples, Italy, and I called my grandma, and I said, can you send me some tapes from your preacher? She had them tapes FedExed <laughs> across the sea, and they got delivered to my ship. And I sat there in the hull of the USS Concord, at night, listening to those tapes, listening to that preacher preach, and going out on the flight deck at night. I've, I've shared this part with y'all before. Just 
just thinking about who God is and thinking about how I wasn't right with him. Six months later, I come back to Norfolk, Virginia, and I got saved. I got radically saved. And it, but it all started with, going back to Proverbs 31, it all started with my grandma saying, no, you coming down here, you're going to go to church with me on Sunday morning. No, you're going to church with me on Sunday night. Oh, and by the way, you're going down to the altar. We're going to pray for you. But it was in response to her prayers that the Holy Spirit began softening my heart. Don't underestimate moms, grandmas. Don't underestimate the influence you have on your children. Whether they respond or not, they hear it. In your words, like no other person, those words go into their heart, and they will remember them for a lifetime, just like you remember the things that your mom told you many, many years ago. Don't underestimate it. Verse 23 says, Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Why is her husband known among the gates? That old, that old proverb, that old proverb, behind every good man is what? A good woman. Man, they are our foundation. The, the, a, a great wife, a virtuous wife, an excellent wife, she makes her husband even better. It even affects his reputation in the community, in the church, in, in, in where you work at, in your neighborhood. You, 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 you're a power you're a force to be reckoned with, godly moms. It's amazing. Verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. I love this. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. A couple things in this verse right here. Verse 25 says, uh, uh, strength and dignity are her clothing. Strength She's fortified. She's well-founded. A, a godly mom, a virtuous mom, she has stood the storm. She has stood the test of the storms of life. She's weathered. She's seasoned. And, she, and she's stayed the course through the good times and through the bad times. And then it says, um, it says strength and what? Dignity. Dignity. That means honor, excellency. Uh, excellency, integrity, dignity, says, uh, dignity, and a Proverbs 31 virtuous woman says she's going to do things God's way. She's going to do things God's way. Doesn't mean she's perfect. Doesn't mean she has it all together. But she says, your, Lord, your word says this. I want to follow it. I want to do it. I want to be a virtuous woman. This is the greatest force in the planet the godly, virtuous woman. She affects so many people. And then it says there in verse 25, it says, strength and dignity are clothing, and she smiles at the future. I love that. She smiles at the future. That speaks of her faith. That, 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 that speaks of her faith, that she's optimistic for the future. She sees things not as they are in their current situation, which cannot be good or be bad or be negative. Things are going south in her children's life. Um, but she says, I, I see where you're at, son or daughter, in your situation and the mistakes you're making, that you're making. They could be children that are still in your house or children that have moved out of your house. But 
this godly woman says she smiles at the future. She has faith. And she says, you know what? I see all that, but the best is yet to come. And she has faith in her children. And she speaks that truth into their lives, into their hearts. And she sees beyond the failures and things going south and things not going the way she wants them to or the way God wants them to. But she says, you know what? The best is yet to come. I have faith. God, I know what your word says. I'm trusting in you. And the best is yet to come in her life, in her husband's life, and in her children's life. She looks forward. Verse 26, she opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Again, I, saw, I said a while ago, I said, husbands, you know, some of the greatest advice you'll ever get is from your wife. But let me just tell you this right across the board. Some of the greatest advice any of us will ever get is from our mom, from our godly ladies. Some of the best advice. You're facing a tough decision. Um, don't let your pride get in the way. Close the door. Say, honey, let's go have a talk. Sit down and talk about it and ask for her advice. She, husbands, she is for your good. She is for your good. She is going to make you well-known in the gates. Mother, concerning our children, mothers, your words set the destiny and set the course of life for your children. For your children, there's, there's power in your words. There's power in your words in how you raise your children. The words that you speak into their life will carry them for a lifetime. It will set them on a course for success or at least give them the information. They have a choice to make. They have a decision to make but at least it will give them a pathway to how to live a righteous life, how to live a life of victory, or it will tear them down. And the same can be said um, of, of, of speaking to our husbands, uh, the ladies speaking to your husbands. Your words can build the man up or they can tear him down. Let's, ladies, we need your help. Moms, mothers, we need your help. Build us up. You know, we, we have our challenges in and of ourselves at work. And, and in the community and, and living in this world. Uh, there's nothing, nothing better than, than having a really bad day at work and things go south and you just leave work at 4 o'clock and you're in a bad mood and you come home and the wife lifts you up. She lifts you up and encourages you. We need that. We need that. Amen? Amen. Verse 27 says, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Bread of idleness, she's not lazy. She's not slothful. She's a go-getter. She's motivated. Verse 28, her children rise up and bless her. We'll say this concerning this verse here. Mom, the things that you place in your child today, they will remember for a lifetime. Okay? Let me repeat that. The things that you place in your children they will be there for life. How many of you can look back to, to your childhood and remember the wisdom that mom and dad, but we're talking about moms, placed in your life? Those are nuggets, man. Those are golden nuggets that we hang our hat on at the end of the day. The advice and counsel that moms, that moms give us. Uh, don't underestimate your impact. Okay, I've talked to the moms. Men, I want to throw you a bone. 
Look at verse, actually we're, we're halfway through verse 28. I want to give some principles to the men here this morning on Mother's Day. Uh, verse 28 and a half says, Her husband also, he praises her saying, Many daughters have done nobly. But look at what he says. But you excel them all. Men, we have a responsibility when it comes to building up our wives and building up our mothers. Number one, we got to love them. we got to love them. And not just with our words, but with our hearts, with our minds and the words we speak and the way we treat them. we got to love them. we got to encourage them. Your wife needs love and she needs encouragement. This is part of that bonding that we were talking about early on, part of that bonding process. Uh, you got to love them, you got to encourage them, you got to support them. You know, she's not here on this planet just to take care of you. Y'all been put together and made one. And you need to support her. And as it says in verse 29, uh, many daughters have done nobly. You need to tell them, babe, you excel above the rest. She needs to hear that. She needs to hear, you are the bomb. You are the bomb. You are the anchor of this family. She needs to hear those words because words build us up. And of course, as the scripture says in the New Testament, husbands, you need to lay your life down. You want to be a godly man? You want to be a radical Christian? You want to be on fire for Jesus? Then you do what the scripture says and lay your life down for your bride the same way Jesus laid his life down for the body of Christ. We got to do that in supporting our godly moms. The most men, the most foolish thing you could do, the most foolish thing you can do in your marriage, I'll repeat that, men, the most foolish thing you can do in your marriage is tear down your wife. It's tear down your wife. That means um, to demean her, to say negative things towards her, to make her subservient. Those are the worst things that you could do. That's the most foolish things you could do. She is not property. She is your best friend. She is your best friend. And let me tell you, a, a man who demeans, who demeans or tears down his wife, you know what he's really doing? He's demeaning and he's tearing down himself because the two become one flesh. They are one. And we've got to build up and lift up our wives. And the most foolish thing you could do is tear them down. That was verse 29. Uh, we got, we got to support our wives. we got to love them. we got to cherish them. we got to lift them up. Verse 30, as we close out this passage here. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. We all know this verse. People have written songs on this one. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Now, there's nothing wrong with makeup. There's nothing wrong with looking nice. I love it when my wife dresses up and looks nice. But the most important part of a lady, the most important part of a woman, is not what we see on the outside, but what is it? It's what's on the inside. It's what's on the inside. What, you know, we, we, we've been talking in politics for the past year. We're going to make America great again. But let me ask you this question. What makes a woman great? What, what makes a mom great? Number one, she loves Jesus. That's what, that's, what makes you, that's what makes a mom 
the bomb. That's what makes her great, is she loves the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, she loves her family. She loves, number two, she loves her family. She cares about the well-being of her husband and her children. And number three, she cares about the people around her. She makes an impact when given the opportunity to touch those around her. This is what makes a woman great. Verse 31. We'll wrap this up here. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. That to you this morning is what I present to you as a virtuous woman, as a godly woman. Now, the first thing as I was... Um, as I was going through this text this morning, I thought, you know, I thought to myself, there may be some moms here this morning who go through, who read this passage and, and they feel like they haven't met the mark. You know, they f- maybe they feel condemnation. Maybe they could feel conviction. And they say, man, Pastor David, you read through this and you taught in this passage and I haven't done those things. And you feel guilt. The Bible says in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I want to show you something even deeper about these words we just read. Look at chapter 31. Look at verses 1 and 2. You're thinking, maybe you're thinking, I've blown it. I'm not going to match up. I, 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 can't, I can't meet this mark. Look at verses 1 and 2. Let's look at these real quick. I want to explain these to you. Proverbs 31, verses 1 and 2. The words of King Lemuel, the oracle, which his mother taught him. Who is King Lemuel? That was a name given by Solomon's mother to Solomon. It was, it, was a, it was a nickname. And notice who taught Solomon these words. His mother. It says, it says the words of King Lemuel, which we know is Solomon, the oracle which his mother taught him. And who was his mother? Bathsheba. Bathsheba, the one who had a really made a huge mistake with King David. Look down at verse 2. She had sinned greatly. It cost her the life of her child with David. Now look at verse 2. Now she is talking about Solomon. Verse 2, what, O my son, and what, O son of my womb, and what, O, there it is right here, look at this, O son of my vows. After the first child, after the first blunder with David, she made a vow, she made a commitment. And this Proverbs 31 woman is coming from Bathsheba to Solomon. She had a new start in life. She had a new start, a new beginning. Um, This wasn't some holier-than-thou saint from the Old Testament that lived this perfected life. But it was a woman who was a sinner, just like you and me, and who God redeemed and restored and gave her a new chance, gave her a new beginning, and he offers that to all women through the grace of Jesus Christ. I close with this. 
Moms, you are the anchor of civilization. You are the anchor of the family. Wives, you complete us. You make us one. We can't do it without you. You are the bomb, I like to say. Future mothers, the best is yet to come. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for mothers. Lord, um, I just pray that you will take these words from your word and build upon the hearts of our ladies. Build upon the hearts of our moms and uh, teach them how to be that excellent wife, to be that virtuous woman, Lord God. Father, um, for the future moms, show them, Lord, how to build their life in this direction, to be a game changer, to, to be a woman of impact in this world. Lord, we love you, praise you, and we thank you for our moms. Make this day special with them and their children. Father, for those of us who have lost moms, um, those of us who have lost moms and grandmas, I just pray, Lord God, that we'll just cherish those memories. We'll be thankful for them, for what they put in our life, and the things that they taught us um, still speak today in our hearts through the words that they spoke to us as a child. Let these things become real. In Jesus' name I pray, Father. Amen. How deep the is for us How vast beyond all measure That he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face away as wounds which are the chosen Tired breath has brought 